Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Let's rev up the conversation. Time for Driven Radio Show. Hey, all you gearheads and car fiends, welcome to Driven Radio Show, your weekly automotive happy hour. I am Brett Hatfield here with my co-host and engineer extraordinaire, Mr. Mark Groves. That's me. We're just going to start calling you Fitty. Fitty. I'm just going to start calling Fitty. you Fitty. Uh, a little insight into that, folks. I've got him saved in my phone as Mark L. Groves. That's his name. Every time I tell Siri, call Mark L. Groves, she says back to me, calling Mark 50 Groves. Why she decided to start using... The Roman numeral L and calling him 50. I have no idea, but it's never not funny to me. Uh, Every time she does it, I, I, and most times I forget, I just say, call Mark L. Groves. Calling Mark 50 50 Groves. Groves. Makes me smile every time. We are coming to you from Driven Radio Studios, which seems to be at the end of a lava flow. (laughs) It's so stupid. I haven't left the house for three days. Screw that. It's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. It's like mad hot. Not doing that. And I at least have a car at home that has really fantastic air conditioning. Screw that noise. I'm not leaving. Everything's hot. (laughs) Can't even touch a stinking door handle. Uh Uh-uh. Our special guest this week is Amanda Gutierrez, Executive Vice President and Provost of McPherson College. She's been a a fixture at McPherson since the mid-1990s. After taking a break to start a family, Amanda returned to McPherson, serving on the Board of Trustees from 2006 to 2009. Amanda distinguished herself as a skilled fundraiser with key automotive industry partners. That is like the understatement of all time. (laughs) In 2012, she became the Vice President for the Automotive Automotive Restoration Program, helping the program become a center of excellence in the industry and to receive the recognition it deserves. That is another huge understatement. Amanda, welcome back to Driven Radio. Thank you. It's great to be back with you. You have been a busy, busy girl uh, for a long time now, but let's start off with Please tell us the big news from this weekend's, this past weekend's Pebble Beach Concours d'Elegance. Well, in my opinion, there's only one piece of news that comes out of that. Even though there were a lot of great cars and a lot of our good friends won awards, we had uh, the first ever fully restored car by students on the field uh, competing at Pebble Beach, and we took second in class for uh, luxury luxury pre-war cars. That is amazing, particularly considering this is the first time that the program has ever sent a car to Pebble Beach just to be considered as a huge deal. So first time out, you win second in class. Uh, That is so extraordinary and also uh, makes me very proud of my alma mater. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, it was a great project. We've worked on it for a long time and um, it was just a little surreal to be there. I've gone to Pebble Beach since 2009, but to be there, surrounded by students and alumni and faculty and staff and friends. Um, it, it was really, a, a, I will never forget this last week. It was, it was amazing. I felt like a lot of the ideas, all of the things that we've been working on the last decade really, really came to fruition in that moment. It, it was hard to, hard to really drink it all in, I guess. Are, are you still floating a little? I am. It's uh, the car got back today, so we we transported the car out. Brian Martin, our, our senior director of auto restoration and, and project manager on this, 
he he trailered the car out to Pebble, had a crazy busy week full of media interviews. Uh, I mean, of course, getting the car prepped, uh, doing just a lot. of We had a lot of activities out there that we were hosting as well. And, and they got back today. They drove in at, at uh, around noon. And Brett, you may remember out in Galva, they have a little restaurant that has uh, fried chicken Wednesdays. Yes. And that's that was where we went to celebrate for lunch. <laughs> we had fried chicken. We had the trailer and the parking lot and and that was how we celebrated the end of this project well like you said this project has been in the works for a very long time tell us how the idea first came about whose idea was it and was there any resistance to it at first yeah the the concept started it was in uh 2012 and i had just moved from from my position as the vice president for advancement into this new position we'd created the vice president for auto restoration and we were working with the advisory board and talking about a lot of the accomplishments that they had seen over the last decade and one of the most notable was changing the degree from a two year to a four year so a bachelor's degree rather than associate's degree and 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 in discussing it with the advisory board members, they were we were kind of talking about well, what's next? They felt like they'd really accomplished what they'd set out to do, but but we needed a, a direction and some some focus on what we wanted to do in in the next years. And so we uh, decided that we needed to do a strategic plan. And uh, I talked to Mikhail Haggerty, who was on our advisory board at that time and said, you know, how do we go about this? What's your advice? So he was building an, an amazing company and we knew he understood the strategy. And so we talked through that and he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to give you access to my strategic planning team. And so three of his staff members worked with us and we spent three days in Chicago. We had advisory board members, alumni, um, faculty and administration representatives. And we started just this process of trying to figure out what do we do next? And it started with an exercise to come up with what's the mission of the program. And after a lot of iterations, we came up with the mission of the program is to be the center of excellence for students who are serious about automotive restoration, recognizing that not every student who comes to us wants to restore cars to their original condition. Some want to do custom work, some want to work in auctions. And but but at the foundation of what we do, it's auto restoration, and we can help translate all of those skills, particularly with the liberal arts, into whatever career paths our students want. And so at the at the time, um, after we set the mission, it was how do we demonstrate that to the industry? What is it that will really be a tangible tangible evidence that that we are the center of excellence? We're serious about this. And so we did a little headline exercise and it was, where do you, what do you want to see the headline in 10 years? And the one that we ended up with was McPherson competes to win at Pebble Beach with a car restored by students. And so 10 years ago is when we came up with that, set the deadline of 2023, and this year we did it. Which is extraordinary. That's a fantastic turn. Uh, so when you first got the ball rolling, who at the school was involved in the early days of the project? Well, in terms of formulating that vision, it would be a couple of faculty members, the president and myself. But then when we brought it back to faculty, it was really clear that we were going to need a project lead. Somebody was going to have to spend the time making sure that that project progressed because in it couldn't be done in class time because classes change every semester. And so there was no way, even in the years that we had, that that car would have gotten done. 
And so uh, Brian Martin has been the consistent, the consistent person on that project, leading it, leading the students, uh, teaching them, mentoring them, counseling them all along the way. And I think that's been one of the one of the neatest things to really watch is the impact he's had on those students. And I think that they've had on him and they they really have a bond that that will last forever because they have been through the highs and lows of this project. How did you decide on the car? Who found the car and where was it? Um, how did how did you happen to fall on that particular car? There were a lot of discussions around what car we should look for. And I really turned to our advisory board chair, Paul Russell from Paul Russell and Company in Essex, Massachusetts. And I remember being at Pebble Beach and, and walking across uh, one of the park, one of the uh, parking lots. We were talking about you know, what does it need to be? How do we start this process? What what's the car need to to have uh, to make it viable to win at Pebble Beach to, to be a contender? And um, Paul really had kind of dialed into this car early on. He said it needs to be something that will really stretch the students, but it won't break them. It needs to be something that is uh, that is elegant enough to be on the field and that will be regarded as a project that that is worthy to be competing against the best and the best in the world. And so uh, he we looked for three years for a 300S. It's a 1953 Mercedes Benz 300S. And we looked for that for three years. Paul had a couple of leads. The the people that had the car weren't willing had the cars weren't willing to part with them. And it was really kind of a serendipitous moment that there was a gentleman, uh, Richard Hopeman in Pennsylvania, who was he had toured Paul's shop probably 20, 25 years prior. And then they'd never had any contact. And Richard um, was battling cancer. He'd battled it for quite a while. And it was pretty clear at, at this point that he wasn't he wasn't going to win this battle. And he had reached out to Paul and, and to talk to him about another car that he had that he thought Paul might be interested in. And Paul essentially said, well, what else do you have? And guess what? He had a 300S in his car barn. And so Paul went to Pennsylvania and met with him and talked about the program, took some materials with him. And, and of course, Paul had been on the board for more than a decade at that point and talked about the need for restorers and the uh, the internship programs and what the purpose of this car was that it was about how do we identify the skills that a liberal arts college can bring to technology and what that means um, for students and for their life and uh, Richard Dr. Hopeman he said I'm in I think this is a great place for my car to go and he um, he had driven that car for years he had uh, people who were his students who essentially apprenticed on different cars that he had. And he taught restoration skills. He was an engineer. He loved education. And it just, it seemed like a good match. And he, um, and so he, he felt, I think, at peace that that car would be coming to McPherson College where young people could, could learn from it. Getting to Pebble Beach is no small thing. In fact, it's a, a monumental task. Um, Aside from Paul Russell, were there other people you turned to for guidance? Uh, and did those people continue to have a role in the project as it progressed? One of the reasons we chose this car is because we knew we would have good good advisors on this project. And so I think some of the ones that would come to mind right away uh, outside of Paul Russell would be 
some of his staff members who came to campus and spent time with our students doing during workshops uh, for them. We also had uh, assistance from the Mercedes-Benz Classic Center in California. And uh, there's one that I'm missing. Oh, and well, when we did, there are probably several that I'm missing, but when we did paint samples trying to replicate, uh, it, of course the car was originally painted in lacquer and we we're trying to replicate that and determine how restored should it look. Uh, we sent those to Paul and we sent them to the Classic Center and we sent them to the Revs Institute and and got all of their uh, impressions. And so there were a lot of people along the way that that were just really helpful in resourcing parts or providing advice on some of the minute details on it. It was really a, a an industry effort in terms of advice, uh, teaching these students you know, what needs to what needs to happen. You've mentioned what uh, an incredible part in this Brian Martin has played, and he has done fantastic work with the students on the project. Um, aside from being the guiding hand with the students, what else? What other roles did he play in the project? Well, I want to be uh, I want to be really fair and say Brian was not in the room when this vision was set. So he didn't even have a voice in it. And yet he is the one that that really brought it to fruition. And so we had to learn how to do this. We we had not gone through a full restoration of this magnitude uh, ever, really. I mean, in the early days, there was some restoration work on some cars, but nothing like this with the end result that we were pursuing. And so um, really, Brian had to elevate all of his skills as project manager had to teach students along the way. So it wasn't like he was just free to work on the project. Um, he was bringing every semester different groups of students in, or as people graduated, he'd have to to bring on new people and bring them up to speed and teach them what they needed to learn. Uh, he was parts resourcer, uh, historian, restorer, advisor on every facet of the car. And, and then the management that's involved in it as well, in terms of when do you send out parts and and really not just doing it but again teaching the students how to do that when do you when do you send out the chrome and what's the the proper what are the proper steps and timing so when do you do the interior and how does this all come together and so th there really isn't a piece of it that he he didn't lead and uh, didn't have some a major role in even down to prepping students for media interviews and there were a lot and uh, there were a lot. There's a lot of filming of the car over the last year and a half, especially a lot of interviews with national magazines, TV stations, and really working through with the students so that they had an understanding and an appreciation that this is about more than restoring a car. There was a lot more that was going into it. You left out alumni podcasters. We did have a couple conversations with students who were working on it. Uh, can you speak to any of the unforeseen hurdles in getting the car finished or uh, any of the difficulties they had in the restoration? Uh, I don't know that I'm equipped to do that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to be there just to be there when there was something frustrating that happened. I often didn't ask a lot of questions because I didn't need to be that annoying fly on the wall that you know kept buzzing in their ear saying, what's going on? What are you going to do about it? I do know that it was, it was really well planned out. 
but as you know, even right up till the end, things are occurring. Oh, and yeah. so I think it was probably three or four days maybe before they were ready to leave and they were putting the visors on and there's this little piece. I don't even know what to call it. There's kind of a flange on the end and it, it's a very complicated visor attachment. You'd think, you know, you'd think of, you could just put two screws through a nice piece of Of course it is. It it's work. a Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> that German engineering. And so they had, had it, it was, it was interesting because Brian shared with me, there's, there's a little, um, kind of almost a spacer piece that goes in there before you can put all of these other assemblies in it. And the spacer piece that had come in was the wrong shape oh, and they couldn't. And so, I mean, it, it had started quite a while ago with that and then they got that. And then this little piece with the flange broke off and they were having to machine it. And uh, so just, just little things like that, that, that they dealt with, that they never complained to anybody else about. I'm wondering if you ever saw Brian wandering the campus just swearing to nobody. <laughs> no, he furrows his brow. <laughs> I can tell when he furrows his brow and his hair is messed up. That means <laughs> that means just don't ask questions. <laughs> so he really carried a, just a lot of weight on this. And I'll say that the student teams from the beginning of the project until the very end were amazing. The, the time that they put into this. So you, you think about their full-time students, they're college students yeah. and college, you want to have fun. You want to go out on the weekends. You want, and, and they worked weekends. They would be up that when they were painting the car, they were up at two 30 in the morning so that the temperature and humidity was right to paint. Um, they worked the last 60 days. I think they said they took maybe two days off. Wow. And so these are, you know, not kids, but students, you know, young adults. And when we talk about the work ethic of this generation, um, I saw the very best in it from from these young people. And I, I told their parents, a lot of them had their parents out at, at Pebble Beach. And I said to them, what they've learned and the skills and craftsmanship that they have developed, that's one thing to be applauded. But the character of these young men and women is really, it's really remarkable. You mentioned a little while ago the level of excellence that the students had to achieve in order to turn out this kind of craftsmanship. How did you manage to get to that? It, it's not it's not just pushing somebody to be better than they think they are, but you have to teach them how to do this at that level, which usually takes years and years for journeymen craftsmen to be able to do this how did they achieve those levels of excellence and do you think that uh, the project will change the program in any way well i hope so <laughs> I, mean, I hope it will change the i hope it will change the program because i mean, really it was a vision for the program not just for the car and that was how do we how do we create that level of excellence regardless of what field a student wants to go into? So whether they're restoring cars or customizing cars or consigning cars, working in a museum, we want that attention to detail and quality to be the hallmark of our graduates, not, not just of our program, but really of our graduates. We want them to carry that into the, into the industry. And, and I, I keep coming back to Brian and, and I have yet to really be able to put into words to him what this has meant for me and not professionally but personally as well to the commitment that he's had to this and 
I said to him the other day when we were talking about all of the hours that the students put in and 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 it, we were speculating what's going to happen when when the car is judged and do the students recognize that regardless of the outcome their car got invited to Pebble Beach out of 2000 applicants only what maybe 200 cars get invited and their car got invited to Pebble Beach and he said I think over the last 10 years as we've taken students there and to other places that all of these people in the industry see that our students show up early, they're ready, they're attentive, they're committed to what they're doing, they take interest, they want to learn. And, and, and Brian's very humble and I said to him, that's you, you have modeled that for them. In every student experience, we've taken students all over the country and, and Brian models that for them. And so I think that we could lecture them on it and it's not the same. But when they see somebody function at the level that he does, uh, it's automatic respect. And I think that they automatically want to emulate that. They see how well regarded he is uh, by everybody. And and that's what they aspire to and, and replicate. And it's it really is. And there's not there's not one of them that was on that field on Sunday that I'm I am not proud to say as a McPherson College graduate. But did you see that picture of all the alums and current students that were out at Pebble, we had almost a hundred people in that photo. Yeah, kick me in the knees. Wow. <laughs> I, know, I wanted to. I wanted to be there so bad. I really, really did. Uh, yeah, that was the biggest. That's the single biggest gathering we've ever had. It is, and you think about so ten years ago, twelve, I guess, twelve. I guess it's been twelve years ago since I since I moved into the auto restoration role and hired Brian, and I said, you know, we need to do something big with this. And the first Pebble Beach I went to in 2009, we probably knew, I would say we, the college, Brian wasn't working for us yet. We probably knew two or three people. Mm-hmm. And to think that here we are out here on this on this national stage, global stage, and we have that kind of presence. It's really, it's really amazing. And I have to say, you and I were talking about, you know, what's something that maybe people don't know. And one of the most exciting things things that I think happened. It, it happened kind of in phases. So at the, on the tour, we had committed that students were going to be in the car on the tour. But um, Brian, Brian was very kind. And the president, and his wife and I drove from the beginning of the tour over to the lodge with, my, with Brian. And so we got all the crowd response. And as we were driving down that, those rows of people and past the grandstands, you could hear people saying, Go McPherson College. Oh. It's a great day to be a Bulldog. Oh. And there's McPherson. I mean, it was, and that was really the moment that got me when I realized driving through all those people that that our students had the hearts of this crowd. Mm-hmm. And then um, we had a similar experience when, when they drove the car on the field that morning. People started cheering as soon as they saw whose car it was. All along the way, they were cheering. And then the final like culmination of this was we were way at the other end from the stage. And so when they called up the three cars that were going to be uh, selected for some award in our class, we started driving through the crowd to get up there. And I bet there were 50 to 75 people following us. That's Just fantastic. walking along, supporters, cheering, <laughs> taking pictures. I mean, it, it was overwhelming. And to think, 
for our students, not just the ones that were there, but the others who see that on social media and hear those stories to know that there's an industry that is excited about them and wants them to win and to come into the industry and make an impact. I mean, that was just, that was, I think, a, a byproduct I never expected. And it was pretty overwhelming. What's going to happen to the Mercedes now? Well, we're going to share it all over the country. Uh, we're going to take it to shows. We're going to take it on tours. We're going to make sure that everybody gets a chance to see the work that that this team, these teams, I guess, have done over the last seven years on this car. And uh, I sat down with my staff and we've talked through a, a two year schedule of where we want to take the car. So um, we'll start doing that this fall. And one of the trips that we have in that schedule is to take it on a tour hopefully with the 300 SL uh, foundation, they funded wages for our students to keep the project moving over spring breaks and summers and weekends. And um, so that our student team could keep the, the progress that needed to move forward. And, uh, and we're hopeful that we can take it out there and do a nice, uh, nice tour with them and uh, let those people who invested in our students in this project really get a chance to see it firsthand. I'm guessing there's quite a few students that are gonna put this project on a resume. I'll, I'll tell you that the graduates who worked on the car in this last semester, and this goes for previous graduates too, but but the three graduates that were there and presented the car all have jobs, um, fantastic jobs. I mean, they're, so I mean, who doesn't want to see that on a resume, right? But I think that I think that one of the pieces that we really want to focus on then is how do we create those kind of opportunities? It may not be Pebble Beach, but but when we think about how we want this to change the program, uh, I think giving those students that sense of possibility and pride is is really important. And so it may be maybe they want to compete someday for the Riddler Award. Maybe they want to own their own business. But what is that standard of excellence that will help them achieve what they want to achieve? And that's really important. And I think in terms of impact broader than than the auto restoration program, I think the perspective of of the industry is one thing, but how do we look at ourselves at McPherson College? So the so the program, obviously, but also the rest of campus to be able to figure out what is it that we can do that can demonstrate the quality of the education that our students are getting and really help them then pursue where it is they want to be in the future. There's a lot of the industry who already knew how fantastic the program was at McPherson, but I'm sure this this making it onto the field at Pebble and then a second class, uh, a second in class win is going to raise a lot of eyebrows and probably uh, there's going to be a lot of people who are looking at the program in a different light. I think that's true. I, I'll admit that when we were in that car and they called us up for second, uh, all of us in the car kind of went, oh, <laughs> 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 We can't lose the perspective of what was accomplished. This no. is second in class at arguably the best, the best restoration field in the, in the world. You, and that is amazing. So many people dream of doing this. Yeah. And, and this, this group of people made it happen. And it's, it's really remarkable. And, and I, I have probably said before, but the, you know, the last few years, the last couple of years in particular, I think McPherson College is proving that this small liberal arts college in Kansas can do things that people never thought were possible. And Absolutely. we've had two examples of that just in the last few months. And and I think that this project serves as an inspiration to, I hope that it serves as an inspiration to not only our current students and our campus, 
but also to the students who are looking for a college and, and they want to be associated with people who think outside the box. To put a real fine point on this, you made it into Pebble on the first try and got a second in class win <laughs> with a car that has had a revolving group of people working on it. That's right, Everest. Right. And here's here's a fun fact we talk about sometimes, and that is that so the students that finished the project that they graduated, they were in grade school when we started working on this car. Oh Lord! Wow! Isn't that crazy? Wow! <laughs> uh, I, wow! God, I feel old. <laughs> okay, okay, let's wrap this up because I got to go check on my yeah. AARP yeah. membership. I need to uh, inject some Metamucil. <laughs> <laughs> Will there be another Pebble Beach entry? Never say never. Um, I think that what's next for us, I and mean, we had people asking that on Sunday, and it's just like, can we just enjoy this moment, please? No, no. Um, By all means, bask in it. You should take. You should. You should take till Christmas yeah. and bask in yeah. it. Well, I think the next step for us really is. We have now accomplished that 10-year vision, that strategic plan that we set out. And we, we looked at shop upgrades, faculty succession planning, funding the program, all of the, and, of course, getting the car to Pebble Beach. And so we've really made great strides if we look back, if we pause and look back at what where we started and where we are now. And so it's time for us to do that again. And so there will be two parts to how we move forward with that. One is continuing to build the quality and the impact of the auto restoration program. That will that will always be a primary program for us and, and a flagship for us. And yet we also realize that the automotive world is changing. And so how can we take what we've learned in auto restoration and use that in other ways around the automobile? So we'll be doing uh, the advisory board faculty and, and some student groups. We'll be spending the next year or so in uh, going through some research that we've done on uh, engineering program and what would that look like at McPherson College? Where is a, a niche that we could fit into that maybe some of the other universities aren't doing? How could we maybe coordinate with some other higher education programs where maybe they do a semester with us and or we do some kind of exchange program with with engineering or how we, how we utilize auto restoration um, to really leverage some other programs for the college. And we'll be looking at EV. We're, we're going to look at it all and we're going to decide what is that next iteration while never taking our eye off the auto restoration program. I mean, that's, that is our signature program. But I just, I think there's a lot of opportunity for a school our size to be able to come alongside auto restoration with some other programs that, that are equally as strong. And to that end, what is the Center for Mobility? Well, so we talk about a center for design, uh, what is it, design engineering and mobility. And so right now that's a concept and it, it, it really is the idea that do we want, what kind of field do we want to get into around mobility? And so we think immediately about cars, but maybe we need to expand that to transportation. Um, with our health science degree and, and some of our science programs that we have, I think would there be an opportunity for us to go into some mobility related to health? Um, we, we just don't know. And I think that's the part that's really fun. When we were there 10 years ago trying to figure out what it was we were going to do, we didn't know where that was going to lead. And so we're, we're kind of at that place again uh, where we'll start exploring what does that look like. 
And with the resources that we have coming someday, um, I think that we really are in a place where we can dream and envision some things that will will provide a lot of value to our students. We've been speaking with Amanda Gutierrez of McPherson College. Amanda, please tell us where we can find you and McPherson College online and on social media. You can go to our website, which is mcpherson.edu, M-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N.edu, or you can follow us on Instagram at MC Auto Resto or on Facebook, McPherson College Auto Restoration. Amanda, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know how stinking busy you are, so I really appreciate you doing this. I never say no to you. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what I love about you. (laughs) Amanda, thanks a ton. Thank you. I love talking to Amanda. She and I keep trying to, every weekend, (laughs) every year when the car show is on, one of her daughters has a graduation or oh, a, yeah. a play or so so we almost never get to spend any time with each other i've spent more time with her the last few years doing podcasts than i've seen her in <laughs> in person and i really miss being around she's just such a sweetheart of a human being and she has done so much for that school and that program and I'm so stinking proud of her and Brian Martin and everybody else involved in the restoration well, restoration that, program. They just did a fantastic job. That's pretty impressive. You know, when she was talking about Pebble Beach, the first time they go, went out there years a few years ago, and it wasn't that long ago, uh, you know, there were like two, three, four people yeah. that, uh, that well, knew about it. And now they go out and there's a hundred uh, well, at Pebble Freaking Beach. Following them. Yeah. Up to stage. Uh, the the program is very well known in the collector car world, and now the collector car world knows what kind of excellence is coming out of that program. Yeah. And, and on the grandest stage, like I said, this is Everest. This is this is the pinnacle, baby. You're not going to get any bigger stage than that. And it's just fantastic. Do you know how hard the follow up is going to be for that? Because there's only one other thing you can get that's better than second. Best of show. First. Best of show. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. But, uh, wow, but what a bar set. But they've proven they can do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've True. proven they can do it. And not only that, you know, it's one thing to have a car and take it all the way through the restoration process. And that takes years. Yeah. It takes years and years, uh, sometimes decades. But to have a single team of people or... Uh, you know, shops that are helping you or one person who's dedicated or several people who are dedicated to that process. It's something else entirely to have a team that's made up of a rotating uh, group of people because students come through and, and work on that and then they graduate and they go do their own jobs and yeah. you've got new people coming in. So think about for Brian Martin, the effort it's taken to be able to take this this rotating roster of people and keep them all on schedule with the same level of excellence and to turn something out. It, this this is just miraculous. You know what we call that in a corporate world when a group does start something, another group takes it over, then another group. We call that an S show. 
<laughs> it's a mess. It never turns out like this. And this is amazing that they were, like you were talking, they were able to ro- rotate through all of those students and still keep this intense uh, eye-to-detail quality. Yeah. Holy cow. So huge, huge uh, kudos to Brian Martin and all of his efforts and Amanda for making the program uh, what it is. And everybody at McPherson, I uh, can't tell y'all how much I love you and how proud I am of you. Absolute stunning win at Pebble. You know what I think their next project should be? Uh, something with Craigers. Uh, no, this is really weird for me to say, but uh, I've, I've just shook my head for a week, week and a half now at that uh, that Ferrari that got sold for $1.8 oh, million. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was a it was a box of pieces and a burnt body and kind of a frame, if you want to call well, it that kind of a it pretzel. Was, it was the collapsed barn find Ferraris. What it was oh, was Jesus. a bunch of Ferraris that RM had for sale. They had all been stored in the same building, and the building collapsed after a storm, I believe it was. And uh, 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 this thing was a project when the building was upright. Yeah. <laughs> And then the building caved in on it. And they and, got $1.8 million out of it. Holy <laughs> jeebers. Well, you can tell what the car's going to be if it's ever restored properly. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be outstanding. I know where they can take it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boy, uh, no pucker factor working on something that started off being a $2 million pile. Yeah. yeah you know, what the heck. Uh-huh. <laughs> Break out a welder and have a party. Uh-huh. It's time to drink, boys. While you're at this, you might want to chew this for your heart. <laughs> Thank you so much for spending time with Driven Radio. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of our listeners. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show, and on LinkedIn as Driven Radio Show Podcast. But more than that, you can find us anywhere fine podcasts are heard. I am Brett Hatfield for Mark L. Groves. Yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time here on Driven Radio. Mm-hmm.